0: In the September 2013 issue of Discover Magazine, under the heading of 20 Things You Didn't Know About Failure, it reads, The non-profit Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, SETI, has monitored the skies for alien communication for 53 years, and scientists have yet to hear a single word. End of quote. The world listens with the most sophisticated ears. The world looks with the most sophisticated telescopes. At least one U.S. university even offers an accredited course on what to say to an extraterrestrial if one should happen upon one. Billions have been spent on space explorations, and always one of its quests has been to find evidence of life. Is there life in outer space? The answer is yes. Not only does the Bible declare that there is, but it even tells where. Are extraterrestrials walking around here upon earth and intermingling in the affairs of men on a personal, national, and global level? The answer is without a doubt, yes. Has anyone spoken to extraterrestrials? Yes. Is there a parallel universe here upon the earth, and can one participate in both universes and know it? The answers are yes and yes. Has anyone been to the home of the extraterrestrials and returned to earth to give an account of it? Again, the answer is yes. The answer to all these intriguing questions is yes, and the Word of God lays that out in vivid detail, but carnaldom refuses to receive the obvious. How about you? Are you born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God? Are you ready to expunge all of your sin and shame and to enter into the most magnificent kingdom of God? Are you ready to hear the voice of God who will answer your questions, correct your errors, and communicate with you on a daily basis? If your answers are yes, then today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Today, an exciting new adventure begins. Now, for today's subject, God said, Joshua, chapter fourteen one through 5, And these are the countries which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel, distributed for an inheritance to them. By lot was their inheritance, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and for the half-tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of two tribes and a half-tribe on the other side Jordan, but unto the Levites he gave none inheritance among them. For the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. Therefore they gave no part unto the Levites in the land, save cities to dwell in, with their suburbs, for their cattle, and for their substance. And the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. God said Proverbs 30 verse 6, and thou add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. God said Psalms 119 160, thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Man said, The Bible, its historical record, its chronology, and all its amazing accounts are not to be taken literally. Now the record. A few foundational paragraphs from the God Said, Man Said feature, David and Solomon, Archaeology, says yes. Why all the denial? When the accuracy of the word of God is lifted up, an entire cadre of anti-gods and partializers stand up to challenge and to jeer from the sidelines. Such a demonstration of foolishness. Why do Satan and his ministers so vociferously deny Abraham and his son Isaac, Israel and Egypt's bondage, Moses and the parting of the Red Sea, and God's historic record of the Jewish people? Could it be because these biblical declarations are from the one and true God, and that by him... Abraham and Israel were chosen to usher into this world of doom, the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, the destroyer of all of Satan's strongholds? Why do Satan and his ministers so vociferously deny the glorious reign of King David, even some questioning whether he even lived and his son Solomon? Could it be because these biblical declarations are from the one and only true God and that by him, David, whose name is declared in the Bible over 1,000 times, was chosen as the direct lineage by which the king of glory, the destroyer of Satan's strongholds, would appear? Matthew 1.1 reads, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Why do Satan and his ministers so vociferously deny the inerrant word of God? Could it be because these words of absolute truth are the first voice, the voice of paradise that spoke in the garden of Eden? Could it be because the word of God is represented in Jesus Christ himself, Jesus Christ, the destroyer of Satan's strongholds? Revelation 19:11 through 13. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war." His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Satan and his ministers will continue to deny because that is what they do. God will continue to be God because that is who he is. Day after day, new information pours in that denies the skeptics a shred of cover. Those who challenge the accuracy of the Scriptures are naked and exposed, yet they continue to parade around like the proverbial emperor who had no clothes. The headline in one of Israel's premier newspapers, the Jerusalem Post, reads, Dr. Eilat Mazur, The Bible is Blueprint, a few excerpts from the October 2008 article. She has been at the forefront of a series of back-to-back Jerusalem archaeological finds, including what she believes is the biblical palace of King David, a discovery which led her to international prominence. Over the last several years, her ongoing dig in the city of David, just outside the walls of the old city, has proven to be a treasure trove. Mazer, who is both revered and reviled by some of her colleagues for being a biblical archaeologist, said that the Bible is unquestionably the most important historical source for her work since it contains a genuine historical account of the past. I work with the Bible in one hand and the tools of excavation in the other, she says. The Bible is the most important historical source. End of quote. This feature addresses the reliability of the biblical record and in particular to the founding of Israel as a nation in Canaan and to the existence of King David and his son Solomon. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature article Minimalist Flummoxed Again. The headline of the feature in the May-June 2011 issue of Biblical Archaeology Review written by Joseph Garfinkel reads The Birth and Death of Biblical Minimalism. Several paragraphs have been lifted from this feature for your review. Biblical minimalism, as it is known, has gone through a number of permutations in the recent past. Its modern career began about 30 years ago when Barr, Biblical Archaeology Review, was still a youngster. Since then, it has been part of the ongoing debate regarding the extent to which historical data are embedded in the Hebrew Bible. Much of the discussion focused on the biblical narrative about the 10th century B.C., the time of David and Solomon, the period known as the United Monarchy. Was there a united monarchy? Were David and Solomon kings of a real state? Indeed, did they actually exist? Or were they simply literary creations of biblical writers? For the minimalist, King David was about as historical as King Arthur. The name David has never been found in an ancient inscription. Hardly had the minimalist argument been developed than it was profoundly undermined by an archaeological discovery. In 1933 and 1934, several fragments of an Aramaic stilla were found in the long-running excavation of Tel Dan, led by Abraham Barham of Hebrew Union College in Jerusalem. The historical references in the inscription and the paleography of the writing made it clear that it dates to the 9th century B.C. Moreover, the text specifically mentions a king of Israel and a king of the house of David, that is, a king of the dynasty of David. This discovery led to a re-examination of the well-known Mesha Stela, a contemporaneous Moabite ins- inscription discovered more than a century ago. André Lemieux, a senior paleographer at the Sorbonne identified in that text an additional reference to the House of David. This was subsequently confirmed by Emile, uh, excuse me, by another uh, senior paleographer, Emile Pouk of the French Bible and Archaeology School in Jerusalem. Thus there is at least one and possibly two clear references to the dynasty of David in the 9th century BC, only 100 to 120 years after his reign. This is a clear evidence that David was indeed a historical figure and the founding father of a dynasty. This led to the collapse of the minimalist paradigm in which David was little more than a myth. There was a David, he was a king, and he founded a dynasty. End of quote. When confronted with the discoveries, the minimalists regrouped, and in an effort to support their position, they challenged the dating, again from Biblical Archaeology Review. According to the Low Chronology... Urbanization in Israel and Judah occurred only at the end of the 10th century B.C., and David and Solomon were not rulers of a kingdom, but rather local tribal leaders. In the early days of attempting to support or refute the low chronology, various problems in carbon-14 dating were exposed and corrected, and the advocates of the low chronology declared without hesitation that the dating results of hundreds of samples clearly supported the low chronology. Conversely, the same dates were also presented as supporting the traditional high chronology. It is indeed quite bizarre to see the same corpus of radiometric dates used to support both chronologies. More recently, more reliable radiocarbon samples were tested from Megiddo uh, stratum K4 Yoknim stratum uh, 7, and Telhisen, stratum 9a, all in Jezreel Valley and Aku Plain, that is, all in the northern kingdom of Israel. These layers represent the last Iron Age 1 settlement in each site. All of these strata were followed by destruction layers, which made dating more reliable. These results were written up in 2007, although not published until 2009 by Finkelstein, and his colleague, Eli Apeitsky. The results show an uncalibrated weighted average destruction date of 2852, plus or minus 13 years BP. BP means before present. After calibration, the date is around 1000 B.C., This is exactly the dating indicated by the traditional high high chronology decades ago. Thus, Finkelstein is not only the founding father of low chronology, but also its undertaker. The argument that Judah was an agrarian society until the end of the 10th century B.C. and that David and Solomon could not have ruled over a centralized, institutionalized kingdom before then has now been blown to smithereens by our excavations of Kerbit Kwaifa, where we have been in the field for the past four summers, end of quote. Discovery after discovery confirms the glorious accuracy of the word of God. The skeptics howl, but the truth is oblivious to their cries. The July 31, 2013 headline at foxnews.com reads, Message Decoded, 3,000-Year-Old Text Sheds Light on Biblical History. Several paragraphs authored by Sasha Bugorski follow. A few characters on the side of a 3,000-year-old earthenware jug dating back to the time of King David have stumped archaeologists until now, and a fresh translation may have profound ramifications for our understanding of the Bible. Experts had suspected the fragmentary inscription was written in the language of the Canaanites, a biblical people who lived in present-day Israel. Not so, says one expert who claims to have cracked the code. The mysterious language is actually the oldest form of written Hebrew, placing the ancient Israelites in Jerusalem earlier than previously believed. Hebrew speakers were controlling Jerusalem in the 10th century, which biblical chronology points to is the time of uh, David and Solomon, ancient Near Eastern history and biblical studies expert Douglas Petrovich told FoxNews.com. Whoever they were, they were writing in Hebrew like they owned the place, he said. First discovered near the Temple Mount in Jerusalem last year, the 10th century B.C. fragment has been labeled the Ophel inscrip- inscription. Pardon me, It likely bears the name of the jug's owners and its contents. If Petrovich's analysis proves true, it would be evidence of the accuracy of Old Testament tales, If Hebrew as a written language existed in the 10th century, as he says, the ancient Israelites were recording their history in real time, as opposed to writing it down several hundred years later. That would make the Old Testament an historical account of real-life events. According to Petrovich, archaeologists are unwilling to call it Hebrew to avoid conflict. It's just the climate among scholars that they want to attribute as little as possible to the ancient Israelites, end of quote. Satan and his ministers will continue to deny because that is what they do. God will continue to be God because... That is who he is. God said, Joshua fourteen one through 5, "...and these are the countries which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed for inheritance to them." By lot was their inheritance, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and for the half-tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of two tribes and a half-tribe on the other side, Jordan. But unto the Levites he gave none inheritance among them. For the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. Therefore they gave no part unto the Levites in the land, save cities to dwell in with their suburbs for their cattle. And for their substance, as the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. God said, Proverbs 30, verse 6, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. God said, Psalms 119, 160, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Man said, The Bible its historical record, its chronology, and all its amazing accounts are not to be taken literally. Now you have the record.